Hello, folks, and welcome back to your late, late capitalism show. Uh, we are without a, without a chance. We don't have a snowball's chance, folks. But we're, <laughs> we're making do. I do. I have to let you know uh, that this, this is a really important day, or yesterday was, I guess. It's uh, Bell Let's Talk Day. I understand uh, this has been sort of a rough period for mental health uh, in general. Uh, there's, I guess there's a pandemic. Uh, what? But sort of, sort of mo- more importantly, uh, the Bills were knocked out mm. of the playoffs by the Illuminati NFL, uh, yeah. who just wants to see, you know, any semblance of working class solidarity uh, from a working class town uh, shut down, uh, just sort of ensuring that nothing good can ever happen. Well, uh, Dean, I'm, I'm sorry. It is the dark prophecy coming true. This so- is true. I unfortunately, and I take full responsibility for this, uh, nearly caused Tom Brady to win again and almost certainly cursed the Buffalo Bills when I was revealed, uh, the dark prophecy was revealed to me, rather, wherein Buffalo will never win a Super Bowl unless they beat Tom Brady. And that simply is the reality. They cannot, they have to beat Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl. If he is eliminated, so are they. They have a spiritual bond. And if he retires... Uh, well, I'm assuming he's got like some kind of yeah. He's got a son that he loves to kiss on the mouth, so it might just yeah. take like twenty something years. I'm just saying okay. that is that is possible. But maybe maybe they'll get an amnesty and like after ten years of retirement they'll win. I think that could be very very possible. But as All long right. as Brady exists, he is the the dragon they have to slay. Is the simple reality. And I understand that. That does make sense. Uh, it's just sad because yeah, Buffalo rocks. The city is cool. Uh, they invented a new type of sauce, which is awesome. Any yeah, city that not many cities sauce. can do that. Yeah. What other city has a sauce? No, no. I mean, plenty of ranches, yes, and that is a sauce named after them, but that's not a city. No. Yeah, there's, there's folks, I'm sorry, there, there's no uh, Kansas City. Does that have any famous sauces? I don't uh, think so. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Bell, let's talk. The most important day of the year. I know I've been looking forward to this. Do, do you guys think that it's sort of, you know, hear me out, extremely fucked up that, like, the only avenue for, like, discussing mental health in this country uh, is completely dominated by, like, a massive, like, you know, telecommunications company? Uh, I yes. Mean, yeah. Oh, and I think awesome. We even, we even talked about this to an extent last year as well, but Bell is, like, a, an extremely monstrous corporation and i know every corporation in various different ways is including one we're going to talk about later but like bell in particular think about the fact that they control the prison telecommunications contract meaning they're the ones who essentially have the ability and the infrastructure required to inmates to their family and loved ones and friends and uh they can just throttle that and they can charge and change the cost of the telephone system kind of at will. There is no oversight body to stop that. Uh, the fact well, that we I, have I will let you know that the, the government of Ontario also gets a cut of those, uh, you know, collect calls uh, that need to be go through landlines. So yes. if you don't own one, because like who the hell has a landline anymore? You're SOL. So that's that's through the provincial system. And then the federal system means the federal government actually gets a cut of that as well, which is also awesome. Yeah. So Bell doing great work there. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it is horrible that 
one day a year where it's encouraged to talk about, you know, the vulnerabilities and realities of mental health and more pressingly mental illness is just essentially, uh, yeah, a corporate fundraiser. But yeah, a, a corporate I mean, fundraiser that, that gets, you know, covered like it's news every yeah. year. Like every, like there's like, oh, like, look how much money was raised. Like, look, they've partnered with like this or that charity. Uh, and like Globe and Mail and like a lot of the other like big media companies commenting on this are partially owned by Bell. So it's, it's really, it's, it's a tidy little system. Um, and it's a perfect little niche that they found themselves uh, oh, where, yeah, like it's like seen as like sort of off the beaten path enough and like, oh, like something that's like not really discussed. And that's they built their whole marketing around that. Hmm. Uh, so like they can be seen as like sort of brave and innovative uh, and speaking about something that other people would rather uh, sweep under the rug. While it's still being a very safe, uh, you know, basically a political thing for a massive company to be talking about. I think what maybe angers me the most, other than, of course, once again, the horrible corporate and just... <laughs> Practices of Bell in general and the fact that, you know, monopolies are just once again further resting control away from an actual democratic public uh, is the fact that I hate this thing that it's like we don't talk about mental health enough. If you watch any cartoon, literally any cartoon, they won't shut the fuck up about it. It's like you have like some fat kid with a page boy haircut who's friends with like, I don't know fucking magical rabbits and it's like this show's about depression and trauma and guilt it's like yeah okay yeah so is every other goddamn show (laughs) talking about it because people can't afford therapy what they can afford is to go for four years to get a screenwriting credit and then pitch your uh god-awful cartoon to a boardroom full of pedophiles and like even like you look at tiktok and like kids are like making up mental illnesses yeah, to have okay, and they're like awesome. pretending to be schizophrenic and cuz like <laughs> mental health has become like so baked in to western yeah. culture it's like we're never not talking about this shit everyone wants to date a mentally ill bisexual myself included but i feel like yeah. none uh, of the conversations are actually helpful like all the tiktok stuff is just like you are traumatized you're welcome <laughs> yeah. it's like okay well we have no it's discussions like, of like affordable therapy or like how yeah. the healthcare system can do anything about it. Like Yeah, because like that stuff is like boring and messy. Like the the important thing is awareness. You just have to know all the time. Just constantly be thinking about it. And that's why like even like you look at Bell, they've raised uh, I've pulled from their site 121 uh million dollars donated to anti-stigma and workplace <laughs> leadership oh campaigns. My. Oh, no. <laughs> That's so monstrous. The, the, uh. They have done, like, it does also say research. It doesn't tell me what the split is or, like, what the research was into. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, anyway, that 100... Stigma. Yeah. They're, exactly. They're, they're yeah. actually using TikTok to research new types of mental illness. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so when they yeah. go on to TikTok and they see a teenager who says they have DID and that their alter is Miles Morales, which means they can say the N slur and the S slur, that is actually important research. Is the S slur Spider Man? <laughs> okay, I was really worried. I heard, I heard a hard <laughs> SPI and I was like, wait, a minute, let's not do that. Uh, but yeah, um, that's what it is. And it makes sense. Telephone, TikTok, cell phone app. Yeah. I'm just saying and it's, all it's a beautiful system they have because like, you know, by getting your teenage, you know, son or daughter uh, a like, you know, bell data plan, 
you're guaranteeing that they're going to get a lot of really cool mental illnesses that they can then uh, not be stigmatized for. I will say, it is definitely overblown, this belief that, like, every child is, like, mentally ill and there's something wrong with them and they need to be treated. It's like, no, like, children are fucked up, but it's not necessarily mental illness. It's called having an imagination or, uh, yeah, not having any kind of impulse control or a completely underdeveloped brain. Or even just, like, being alive right now makes you deranged. And especially, like, their education is, like, not ideal, I feel like, for a child. So (laughs) Yeah, because, like, we've turned, like, mental health into, like, this sort of, like, ephemeral, like, oh, it's this specter. And it's sort of, like, it touches people at random. And, like, we have to, like, drive it into the light uh, while, like, you know, focusing on especially like all the bell ads and shit you see it's always like workplace mental health and like being able to talk to your boss uh, it's about or your having a bath actually so yeah it's about, yeah it's about exactly talking to your prison guard so you don't commit suicide in a cell yeah it's about buying bath bombs and treating yourself to ice cream and like commodifying uh oh my you know buying all these products yeah to, like you the, know fix yourself like i have visco to edit my instagram pictures and oh. that thing i sent you guys that was like Creativity is self-care. Like, try a free trial of Visco Premium. Look, sometimes self-care is going to a very special island with 50 of your richest friends (laughs) and and just having a wild boys' night out. Yeah. uh, So anyway, that's me. That's me on Let's Talk. Let's stop talking about this. Uh, I guess I I will let you know because I I went and did the research that that $121 million uh, number uh, is just like 0.4% of their earnings <laughs> over the last 10 years. Oh, awesome. Uh, a drop in the bucket and like, you know, any tax that they like theoretically should be paying would cover that, you know, a hundred times over. Yeah, I mean, Bell Let's Talk is the equivalent of when they ask you at like Canadian Tire, do you want to put $2 towards Jumpstart? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, great. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I want you to open the register and give me all the money you've got, goddammit. Just, uh, like, I'm really excited for, like, ten years from now when, you know, you're at your drone office job uh, and your productivity has gone down, like, 2% over the last month. Uh, So your boss combs through all of your social media uh, to, you know, see if there's anything wrong in your life and then, you know, calls you in to bell let's talk about it. Yeah. Uh, just make sure that if you're going to let's talk to a professional, you have at least $130 ready for every hour you require. That's right. And don't tell them the truth because they will send you to the place (laughs) with the grippy socks. They will take away your M16 and your gaming computer. Yeah. So speaking of absolute batshit insanity. Speaking of uh, M16s and other (laughs) forms of lethal aid. Yeah, uh, Megan, can you let us know what's going on to uh, our our glorious neighbors to the east, the one, the only, the Ukraine? It's just Ukraine now. I learned that today while I was doing well, much research. Ukraine. I, I'm dead naming the Ukraine. Yeah, you are. Um, well, I have a little history of Russia and Ukraine's ties, and then I'm going to get into some like early 2000s stuff, and then we're going to finish off with the current conflict that's happening this week. So everybody, 
Strap in. Put in your little sleep, and what, sleep seat belt. What does it have to do with us? <laughs> oh, well, Canada. That's my question. Yes, we will get there, but Canada is very involved in this issue. And I will. Megan, when, when you're ready to talk about Canada, we have our enemies list that I can read some names from. So you just let me know when you want me to read that off. Yeah, sounds good. I will get to that probably closer to the end. But Wonderful. I want to put on a disclaimer. This is uh, the result of my one day of research. So if you've ever even heard of the Ukraine, or Russia. You probably already know more than me. So I apologize for mistakes I'm going to make in this. I, but I'm going to disagree with you there. I feel like you've thought about this issue more than literally anyone else talking about it right now. Also, if anyone disagrees with Megan, please send me your address because I am going to beat your ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ukraine has always had a pretty dramatic east-west split. The eastern part of Ukraine was part of Imperial Russia long before the western part was. Um, the Western part was like controlled by a number of different forces, um, including like Poland. So there's there's a long history of sort of an internal divide within Ukraine and a long history of ties to Russia. Within Wait, so P- Poland had part of the Ukraine. Yes, for a while. Oh my god. Okay, I'm like shaking. I I'm not gonna make a joke, but like you have to understand you, how hard this you is. You are for me. gonna have to not make a joke every single time because the whole discussion is on Eastern Europe. So I'm gonna mention the Balkans. You know. <laughs> a lot of countries involved. Okay, I'm just going to make one loud, I'm going to make one quick noise, and just for the people listening at home, that's every single Polak joke I have all at once. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's like that episode of The Simpsons where Homer has to push the anger bubbles in his neck back inside. (laughs) Okay, Okay. please continue, sorry. So, eastern Ukraine is very fertile, it's a like steppe biome, so that has obviously been important for Russia. Russia has a lot of land that is not as fertile, obviously. Um, Step biome. I'm stuck in the washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, during the communist revolution, Ukraine also suffered a brutal civil war um, and then became a Soviet republic in 1920. Uh, Amen. Many Eastern Ukrainians died in the famine under Stalin, so the area was repopulated with Russians. Um, this included Crimea. And just like general, a lot of areas in, in eastern Ukraine, a lot of other like ethnicities, Stalin just like took and moved to other parts of the USSR and then populated Ukraine with Russians to get a better hold on it. So that is why when you hear people talk about like Russian minorities within Ukraine, like one third of Ukrainians have Russian as their first language and one sixth of Ukrainians are ethnically Russian. And it's mostly in the part that's near Russia, obviously. So the, the eastern part, because that's the part they had more control over. You know, World War II happens, beat the Nazis, hooray. Then the Cold War happens. Then in 1950-something, like 52, they gave the Crimea to Ukraine. They claimed it was basically part of like a peace agreement, being like, we're brothers. We have all these long ties of like, they have cultural ties going back like hundreds of years. There's like obviously disputed reasons for why they would have given Crimea to the Ukraine. But Crimea, just as remember this for later, has a very important like uh, Russian military port in it. It's right on the Black Sea and it's Russia's like only um, warm water port that they have. So Ukraine leaving Russia, leaving the USSR was like one of the reasons the USSR collapsed because uh, Ukraine was such an important like agricultural and military base for Russia. After they lost Ukraine, everyone says they weren't really an empire at all anymore because it was so important to them that they had Ukraine. So Ukraine became its own country in 1991, like USSR fell. Ukraine continued to have sort of like Russia-friendly 
presidents and leaders, um, and they continued to have like pretty strong ties to Russia. In the early 2000s, they had the Orange Revolution, where they considered one of the elections that kept like a Russian-friendly president in power to be um, fake. So they had... Stop the steal. Sorry. Oh, yes, exactly. So then they had like massive protests. That was in 2004. The Orange Revolution when they elected Bob Ray. Ah, yes. (laughs) Orange man bad. Yeah, that's right. So Uh, so 2004, yes. Yeah. And then um, basically it's continued to be sort of an issue with like Eastern and Western Ukrainians having like varying opinions on Russia. So the next big thing was that the Euromaidan happened, which is in 2013 and 14. The president wanted to increase their ties with the West. So they want, he wanted to like start joining the EU and things like that. And Russia, because they had pretty significant sway over this guy because he was like a, a Russian sympathetic president, um, was like, don't do that, uh, please. And then so he's like, okay, never mind, I'm not going to do it. And then the population got extremely mad. Um, They had the Euromaidan. It was a massive protest. They ended up ousting him because of this protest. And then in response to this protest, there was a lot of pro-Russia like counter-protests from other Ukrainians. And then in response to that, uh, Russia annexed Crimea. So they went in with military people and they just said, we're taking this back now. Thank you. The world sort of flipped out at this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember at 2014, but it was extremely yes. dramatic. Now it seems to be that everyone was like, oh, actually, that was fine. Like, LOL, yeah. NBD. But they did. It was a big Reddit thing. I remember Reddit being yeah. all over Crimea, Russia, Ukraine, like epic photoshops of Vladimir Putin that uh, owned him. It was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Reddit seems to be like generally just obsessed with, uh, you know, moralizing uh, US military operation. Well, yes, uh, that's because it, every single recruiter does go on Reddit. Like, that is their whole thing. Mm, but they could find the biggest and dumbest yeah. teens. It's, it's just weird to see, like, one website so completely embrace, like, a, such a specific ideology. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I, I was in high school and I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds bad. But I feel like I didn't have super strong opinions on it. And even now, like, most people seem to be sort of indifferent towards it, other than, like, Ukrainians, obviously. But they did a like a vote at the time of the people that lived in Crimea, and ninety five percent of them were in favor of joining Russia. Um, they are like a Russian ethnic like majority there, and they all speak Russian, so they were definitely in favor. Seems like a non issue then. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it Go is an, it. an issue to the West because it's a very important military place for Russia, basically. So when it happened, the West was like, "You can't do this to Ukraine. They're an independent nation." Which, like, they are an independent nation, and they did just, like, steal a part of it. But everyone in the part of it was like, this is good, so. Yeah, that, that's, that's the interesting thing, where it's like, I mean, all land is stolen, once again. We don't need to relitigate that. That is very clear. But, yeah, if, like, everybody in there, you know, if they could, and I'm sure they tried this in Ukraine, to just, like, saw the country and, like, pick it up and walk it over to Russia. Mm. Like, you know that there were a bunch of farmers who spent, like, three or... Three or four generations trying to do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know much about the history of like Crimea specifically, but after that happened, they were kicked out of the G8 and it became the G7. They had extreme sanctions put on Russia. That'll show them. <laughs> I know. Yep. Um, Should have had a G8. And, and they stopped it. They never did it again because <laughs> yeah. they were kicked out of the G8. Cool. We and other Western countries started providing increased um, dollars of aid and military training to Ukraine. 
this is where I'll I'll bring up Canada's tie a little bit. We have one of the largest um, Ukrainian diasporas in the world. We have 1.3 mm-hmm. million diasporic Ukrainians in Canada. So they also have quite a large political influence compared to like other diasporas of people. Hilariously outsized, like a ridiculously large political (laughs) impact in this country. Yeah. So that's why we've been sort of supporting Ukraine since then. And so since that issue with Crimea, there has been basically like a small war going on in eastern Ukraine um, where they had voted for the current like Russia favored president of Ukraine, like they had all voted for him in the general election of Ukraine. And then when he was ousted, they were like, what the fuck? Like, we really liked him. This sucks. So then um, rebel groups that are pro-Russia started like popping up in the city and like, you know, Hmm. taking over stuff. And Russia has been like funding them. Um, Okay. It's a proxy war. Yeah. And then so like, so Russia's like funding these rebels who are fighting to like make this part of the Ukraine either like they, what they really want is like a, um, an autonomous like zone um, where they can like be Russian, but still sort of be part of like the national identity of like Ukraine. And so Russia's trying to like support them in that. The Ukraine at the time, like Ukraine's um, politics are extremely corrupt. Their presidents are super corrupt usually. So in this time of the year, Maidan and like Crimea around this time, they had actually lost their entire military budget to corruption. They had it stolen. Um, <laughs> LOL. Megan, so, can I, can I make a point about the autonomous zone? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought of a brilliant idea. So we're going to have the Northern Autonomous Zone International, N-A-Z-I. I think it'll fit mm. right into the Ukrainian yeah. fabric. I will get also, to that. Also, how hilarious is that their entire military budget was just like... <laughs> Yeah, it was yeah. just they, stolen. They got f- flim flammed. <laughs> they no, put it all in one That's just classic case. Eastern Europe there. Yeah, they, they had a Polish uh, monorail salesman come to town, <laughs> and he managed to swindle them for everything they were worth. Um, so then... Yeah, <laughs> just one guy, he's like, you could all ride this goat around town. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's been these, like, rebel groups funded by Russia versus the Ukrainian military, who are obviously completely funded by the West because they lost all their money. Um, so it is just like oh, a tiny little cold war in the eastern parts of Ukraine. That's been going on since 2014, so for quite a few years now. Almost eight years. Yeah, and unfortunately, 14,000 people have died in that conflict, so it is quite upsetting. But then what has happened today is, or it was actually in November, but satellite images came back where Russia has set up um, like just a large military encampment. Yeah, they've been a- amassing forces at the border, I saw. Yeah, like, it's less than 300 kilometers from the border of Ukraine, so they have, like, tents, they have weapons, they have soldiers and everything. This caused the West, obviously, to, like, flip shit. Ukraine is not happy, evidently. I will also say, 2019, Ukraine's current president is a stand-up comedian, uh, so that's pretty fun. <laughs> oh. Um, y- y- what's Lewis- the deal with the this border aggression? Lewis, Ukraine. oh man thank you that happened in november we've been like increasing aid since then so the thing is that they're fighting over right now is that ukraine wants to join nato russia really really does not want this to happen russia was extremely broke in the 90s and another like a number of other former ussr uh, countries joined the eu which russia sort of just like let slide because they had no money and they also figured it would be more of like a political and economic alliance than a military alliance 
But then once they lost control of those com- countries and they like moved into like a completely Western sphere of influence, you also obviously like lose them militarily as well. So Russia has been sort of like death gripping on the last few former USSR countries. They still have any sway over, which is mostly like Georgia and Belarus and Ukraine. So they obviously don't want like Ukraine to join NATO because then NATO could put missiles and like weapons right beside Russia. And Russia sort of likes having that little buffer zone right now. So Georgia tried to join NATO um, earlier in the 2000s and like Russia just like invaded them by like marching (laughs) soldiers to their capital and then standing there and then marching back home to be like, Uh, we will not let you do this. Like Megan, did you know that was that was what inspired the Tom Clancy game and novel Splinter Cell? I did not. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful for all the Clancy heads out there. uh, Sam Fisher is real and he's my friend and he's strong. (laughs) Cool. So Russia does not want them to join NATO. They want to join NATO. NATO really wants them in NATO because it would be a really good like ally to have directly beside Russia because they don't like Russia. So that's been sort of going on for a while and Russia's getting like increasingly stressed about it. So they put these soldiers and encampments at the border. So then because Ukraine is not actually a part of NATO right now, but many other Eastern European countries are a part of NATO. We've been sending like aid, all these countries from the West have been sending aid to other Eastern European countries just in case. Um, So we've been sending them to like Lithuania and Bulgaria and things like that. Um, And then Biden also gave Lithuania, Latvia and Estonia approval to send US made weapons to Ukraine. So there is still like Western weapons going into There's Ukraine from this. No way, Joe Biden knows what Estonia is. <laughs> like, I do not. I could understand him understanding like what Lithuania is. Like, I, I'm sure he's heard that before. Yeah. Wasn't that like there was like a cartoon where they talked about Lithuania a lot? Was that Hey Arnold? I feel like that was a Hey Arnold thing. Yeah. I don't know. Like he, Joe Biden thinks uh, uh, Estonia is a neighborhood in New York. <laughs> they got that that kid with the big wide head. <laughs> and then he's got one of his friends you know we don't we can't use the term we use for them then but he's got him and because of because of football head we're going to be supporting uh the 33rd reich in the ukraine you, you know that helga she's a real firecracker <laughs> yeah oh, I, oh I, I wouldn't want to get on on her wrong side they said there's this kid who's afraid to leave his stoop and 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 in the 2020 election, America made it clear they wanted to support the stoop kid, not the bully. I like We're, this. We Joe won't Biden. let Putin take the stoop, folks. Joe Biden would love Hey Arnold. We really should introduce him to the show. It's like me and Barambo. So, um, Russia is saying that the, that NATO and the U.S. are the ones heightening tensions. They're like, we're just chilling simply here near this border, and you are all going crazy and sending weapons all around Eastern Europe. Like, how is this our fault? But what it has done is there's now a lot of peace talks and negotiations going on, which Russia has been pushing for. Um, negotiations. Basically, what they want out of the negotiations is a promise that Ukraine and Georgia will never join NATO. And NATO and the U.S. and other like Western European countries refuse to promise this. And it's like the only at issue thing. And like they just won't budge. So peace talks have been going on this week, but are failing. So then like experts are split as to whether Russia will actually like cross the border. The ones I thought seemed to make more sense were implying that they don't think Russia is like they, they haven't decided yet, probably, but they think it's less likely that they will just because that's their like one pawn right now is that they're there 
And if they go across the border, like, they're going to, like, be fucked. Like, it's the U.S. military they're up against. Well... Well, I mean, <laughs> technically not also because well, the U.S. actually not. can't like technically because Ukraine's not suppo- like part of NATO. Yeah. The U.S. isn't supposed to be sending weapons directly to them. Um, yeah, I mean, when would the U.S. ever circumvent international law to send yeah. weapons or people into a country? Exactly. Uh-huh. Crazy. I feel like like the easy solution here, like, OK, U.S. Uh, or just NATO in general wants, you know, weapons close to Russia. Uh, and Russia doesn't want the Ukraine to join NATO. What if uh, Ukraine joins NATO, Russia also joins NATO, mm-hmm. and then you have NATO weapons within Russia? Mm. Yeah, so, like, some of these political, like, experts and stuff are talking about, well, the options for Russia are either, like, just become a Western nation and join NATO in the EU, and, cool. like, technically all your problems are solved, but, like, very unlikely for that to happen. So this is where we're at now with this like threat of a war. Um, so Canada has pulled all diplomat families out of Ukraine. Um, I saw that. Yeah. Russia is accusing the West of. Uh, I thought it was a funny quote. Just pumping Ukraine full of weapons. Which, okay. You know, yeah. an image. Which, which they absolutely mm. are doing. Yeah. I'm biting my lip right now. Mm. Um, and the some of the other people were saying that like the the weapons and like military like the troops and stuff that are being like sent are actually too small to be useful if russia does invade so everyone's basically like pretty sure that they won't invade they're just using their weapons being in eastern europe as a pawn to say like russia if you cooperate like we'll draw them back but like russia has a lot more there than anybody else does at the moment so it's a pissing contest. Yeah. yeah. It's classic shit. So, but one of the people on Democracy Now! was saying that this is, like, just a weapons manufacturer's bonanza, basically, oh, after, like, absolutely. Iraq. So, And the U.S. has sent $2.7 to Ukraine since 2014 in training and <laughs> weapons, so... Awesome. That's so funny. Like, wow. What a return on it. At least Israel gives you, like, chain restaurants and an excuse to smear leftist politicians. Yeah, we got the the soda stream out of that. Yeah. But so some responses. Tucker Carlson says we should side with Russia, which I was very shocked when I heard. (laughs) I don't know what his backing is. (laughs) Now we're talking. Um, We should just divide up because he wants Cold War, too. He's like, all right, America gets half of the world. Russia gets the other half. And we're we're going to play your best with our best. And we're going to see how this goes. Shakes. he He wants to reset the risk board and play again. Yeah, this isn't communism versus capitalism. This is just capitalism versus capitalism. It's like, this is the true all-star game. I can see that. I kind of support him. I also agree with his views on M&Ms, but more on that. <laughs> There's been, what I've just trying to discern from Twitter is where like, like left Twitter is standing. Because Democracy Now!, which I was just watching before this, that's why it's top of mind. But uh, they were be saying like, where are the progressives like talking about stopping this rush to war? And the guy was saying, um, progressives sometimes are very anti-Russian because of like Russia's terrible like domestic policy, which they do have terrible domestic policy, but also so does I wonder the U.S. Who gave and them Canada. That. Um, yeah, I wonder <laughs> yeah. how they acquired those. But I will say, like, obviously, like their LGBT like record is horrid. But like, you know, yeah. many countries have like very bad issues, and also like the whole like progressives sometimes really believe that the like Donald Trump is like because of Russia, which is very <laughs> funny. Um, that is funny. Yeah, the yeah the word progressive basically has no meaning. Yeah, I think they were talking <laughs> more about 
libs, to be honest. Liberals, but, yeah. yeah. Um, no, of course. Well, even then, you've got a pretty stark divide. I'm sure there's a lot of liberals that love and want the chance to go to war. Because that's another thing that makes them feel normal. Yeah. We didn't have international wars during COVID. It's time to get back to what we do best. Because there's been a lot of takes. Like, I don't know if you guys saw the, the funny thing online of all the, like, cropped images of someone saying, I don't want a war with Russia, but, but and like but. nobody wants a war, but, and then the guy just saying, I think some people want a war. Um, yeah. But. Yeah. Like it's like, you know, like Bismarck had it right. It's all, it's always some damn fool thing in the Balkans. We just have to deal with Eastern Europe for the rest of our fucking lives. And like, it's going to be the thing that like, you know, levels whole nations with nuclear annihilation. Oh, yeah. yeah I know, how awesome like, the would, nuke like, you know, aspect fi- of this is insane. Yeah. Yeah. How like, awesome 50 dipshits in, like, some made-up country whine until, you know, we drop an atom bomb. Awesome. Thank Man, you. Man, Eastern Europe does have, like, the greatest provokers in history. It's like, they have, they have initiated two world wars, and they very well could initiate the third. It's like... Yeah. They're, they're the guys at the club who, like, get kicked out for being too drunk and are just screaming at you from outside. <laughs> That's so awesome, man. Yeah. But they're also, like, five foot two. <laughs> yeah. They're wearing their cool, like, uh, OVO shirts. They all look like uh, Eastern European Drake. Yeah. It's like, this is awesome. I really do respect no other portion of the world is that good at picking fights and getting everyone to die over And it. also, let me cover my ass. Uh, you're not allowed to get mad at me for calling the Ukraine a made-up country because Canada is also a made-up country. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and we're, like, simping for them. It's even worse. Yeah. No, we're even more pathetic than these We're, like, losers. bigger, I think. How many people are in the Ukraine? I don't know. I didn't actually check that. I'm going to look. I want to see. You, you keep doing your thing. Yeah, so. My own edification. But what I did see from Twitter a little bit when I looked was looking this morning was, like, one guy I follow tweeted which okay. had so many replies. I've never seen this many replies to like a post with no likes or retweets. Uh, just um, Russia is a colonizer. And then... Oh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's right. That's I'm pretty sure that right. was an NDP guy. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Or at least an NDP nice. supporter. He had the little orange. Absolutely. But, um, so all Careful. The- Parents on Twitter. People are using an orange to denote that they are <laughs> pedophiles. <laughs> so a lot of replies were t- saying that he was warmongering... Um, so there are people that are just saying, like, we should, you know, not have a war at all costs. Like, I don't know where where the line is in, like, letting Russia take Ukraine. Like, I the expert also... I don't give a shit. Not my problem. Yeah, yeah. I know. And yeah, then... Not my problem. Right. I don't care. The expert Sorry, chick. on Democracy Now! was also saying, like, it's very unlikely that Russia thinks that Western Ukraine is going to, like, support being inside of Russia. They're basically, like, fighting over these eastern territories. Yeah. And, like, that's probably not worth, like, a nuclear war um, <laughs> to most people, I would hope. But not to me. It is worth it. To me. <laughs> I think we I if it, if this is how it has to go down, yep. I'm glad that we're going I to just, die. I, I do love just like, you know, any altercation with like any sort of power structure uh, is now colonialism. Like, yeah. No and I feel like circumstance. It's, it's so cool. It doesn't it doesn't actually, you know, demean the term at all or make it mean nothing like Literally every other word and phrase in our culture means nothing at all. It's vapor, you know, fairy dust, nothing. Words, words, words. And coming from us, an actual, like, colonial country, like a power grab of, like, nations near you that have people of your ethnicity in them, I wouldn't say is the exact same thing as settler colonialism where you, like, try to genocide everybody. Like, anyway... Uh, no, it's it's not it's it's complicated airflow. It's nothing. 
but uh i like i i do i like to think like oh yeah like do you remember like when russia colonized berlin in 1944 uh yeah. why was it why was it that they did that again honestly i can't, I can't remember who Ru- was there russia moving next to adolf hitler caused him to self-harm and i think we need to <laughs> well okay speaking well my little last segment here on ukraine well actually second last is that leaders of the like ukrainian diaspora and uh, in Canada, so like just private citizens of like Very groups cool and people. stuff um, are saying that Canada is doing nowhere near enough. We've uh, promised <laughs> 95 million in aid as long as it's not spent on weapons and uh, 10, oh. 10 million more to be spent on weapons. So it's like, okay. So $105 million <laughs> to be spent on weapons. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. Uh, Thank and you. they're saying like Britain and the US have like sent over actual like weapons and like jets and stuff and like uh, why can't Megan, we be doing not that? weapons lethal aid lethal aid, lethal aid. Oh. which i imagine it's like boards with nails through it bro that's um, just that's just daredevil he's lethal aid there you go <laughs> um, sweet little daredevil joke for you. shut the fuck up that was terrible <laughs> and the u.s has uh troops on high alert um whereas we don't oh. i don't think at this point so they're in orange terrorism high alert. It all means a great deal. It's all very important. <laughs> they're yeah. arguing that we're not doing enough, but then um, our chief of defense is like, "Well, you know, maybe if we do too much, it will like provoke Putin rather than like subdue him." So basically, now they're just arguing over like what Canada should do specifically. But getting to what Canada has already done specifically and some uh, less than ideal parts of this conflict, other than you know, fourteen thousand people died, pretty rough. But it's also because on both sides of the conflict in eastern (laughs) Ukraine um, have been neo-Nazis from all over the world coming to join on either side and uh, receiving combat training just for fun. Awesome. Um, Oh, do you think that'll backfire? Yeah, so... I do do hate political infighting, though. (laughs) They should choose a side. Yeah, the RCMP is, like, licking their chops. They're like, we can just do Halifax in every province now because of this stupid war. (laughs) So there's one um, major, like, battalion called the Azov Battalion, which is, like, a Nazi battalion and is very explicitly a Nazi battalion. And um, the Ukrainian government um for their military just like adopted them as a battalion and was like you're part of the ukrainian military now um without denouncing any of the like fact that they're a nazi uh and then canada trained them and was like this is fine so Uh, we megan that's not us that's important to know (laughs) no this isn't us so we've been training like a lot of the ukrainian military but they're an article article in the Ottawa Citizen came out where like Canadian officials have been meeting with the people in this battalion and taking photos with them after being told that they are Nazis. And then a bunch of emails got leaked where they're like, oh no, someone's going to be reporting on this in the newspaper. Like, what should we say? Did we know they were Nazis? And it's like, wow, cool. Yeah. But I wonder like, what do you know what the Azov battalion's uh, stance on gay rights is? Probably really good. Is it, is it also bad? It's almost it's almost like you like you can't use identity politics when you're dealing with national conflicts. Hmm. But I'm sure it's No, good. that that can't be it. I'm gonna be Sorry. the first gay guy in the Azov battalion. <laughs> I'm gonna be a trailblazer. I'm gonna pink wash the Azovs. I love that. But a bunch yeah. of Nazi groups being pretty open in your military also sounds like a country I know. Hmm. That sounds like, like a lot Canada. of countries I know. Um, <laughs> the, remember the U.S. one where, like, they were in Afghanistan and they were, like, posing with, like, Nazi flags? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow, what a very great image. That's there, cool. they, did they bring those with them? <laughs> What's, <laughs> oh no, that's the alternate flag for the U.S. <laughs> I see. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that's like that's it's like just, their home. That, that's the one they have on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> but this battalion then used photos with Canadian officials to like make propaganda for social media, being like Canada supports us in our fight for freedom. And cool. so pretty bad. But yeah, Whoops. so there's been lots of Nazis trained in warfare on both sides of this battle. So that's not great. Uh, <laughs> there, there are bad people on both sides, folks. That's right. Coming to bad hombres. Well, so yeah, I don't know. The whole thing is quite upsetting. I really hope we don't have a nuclear war. And that is our, our little ties to Ukraine. So well, what do you guys uh, think? We have, we have some other ties. Here's the official enemies list. <clears throat> oh, yes. This is, this is like, you know, again, it's perfect, uh, you know, using like social media, like, influencer slash you know like we used to do like ice bucket challenge for als or like stand uh, with ukraine campaign like it gets better for like gay rights and now no it's just like yeah this this is like our grassroots movement to instigate war in eastern europe we have uh, and these are all like mps or mpps or like prominent canadian politicians all of these names even though you might not have heard of them i promise you these are all politics people we have Orisha Boychuk, which is fair. That is a Ukrainian name. She says, stand with Ukraine. Patrick B. Weiler, Francisco Sorbara, Heather McPherson, Rechi Valdez. Can't be her name. <laughs> That's horrible. Uh, Arif Virani, Marty Morantz, Kathy Wagenthal, Mayid Yowari, Mary In, Har- Harjit Sarjan. I think that's the defense guy. Joanne Thompson, James Bizan. Marco Menodici, who looks like, yes, a little version of Marco Rubio, white Marco Rubio. <laughs> he does. Oh, my girl, Judy Escrow, who famously said <laughs> oh, that her no. black constituents oh, no. uh, liked Justin Trudeau being in blackface because it made him more relatable. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> They're sending their brightest. Uh, Dave Epp, Anita Vandenbeld. Yeah, I need a Vandenbeld, too. So these are just some of many MPs and MPPs that have publicly posted about standing with Ukraine, complete which, with a placard which, and everything. This is the Azov Battalion Canada branch with conservatives, <laughs> NDP, liberals, you name it. Judy Escrow is there. She's going to teach them how to paint their face for war. It's all awesome. <laughs> I guess we'll see if Ukraine joins NATO and if Russia attacks them and what the hell will happen if that happens. Or Biden also yeah. said, like, you know, if they don't, like, attack, but they're just there, we have other means, um, which they've already sanctioned the shit out of Russia, and their sanctions yeah. have been there so long, they've just, like, grown around them, basically, so they actually improved a lot of their own industries because of all these sanctions. <laughs> So, like, there's really not much more they can do to sanction Russia, seeing as, like, every country is, like, not trading with them. Um, which is also why they don't really want to lose U- Ukraine, because then I guess they trade with them a lot. But um, Megan, what do you think is going to happen? Like, what ultimately do you think is going to go on? I hope they don't go over the border and they just have like negotiations where everyone's like, we promise to go away. But I honestly don't know what's going to happen with Ukraine and NATO, because like tech, like Ukraine is like an independent nation and they're technically allowed to join NATO if they want to. But like, basically a lot of what's been happening too is the u.s and russia talking over the head of ukraine and then the u.s being like wait ukraine's independent like they should be part of it and russia's like shut the fuck up everyone knows that ukraine doesn't matter 
ah, this is just about us too. True. So it's That's like true. up to them to whether they allow Ukraine into NATO. And I feel like it's a pretty sticking issue. So they also were saying, like Biden was saying, that they could stop this pipeline that is from Russia to Germany. Russia already pays Ukraine a lot of money to like have like a transport fee for this pipeline, which is partially also why they want more sway over Ukraine so they can stop paying like a bajillion dollars for it. But it's not open in Germany yet. So Biden is saying like they'll just tell Germany to not allow it to be open, which will basically like cripple the gas economy. So cool. there are like other things they're considering besides war. Cool. But there, there, there's always a different way to inflict mass suffering. Yeah. Mm. And I find that commendable. I mean, honestly, my opinion is that we should invade Russia, but not for any of this stuff, but because they cheated Hillary Clinton out of the 2016 election. Mm. So, that is yeah. that is my Even opinion. Even though none of the options right now are for us to invade Russia, we should do it anyway in the winter. No. Yeah. He means us for our podcast. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if any of our fans want to join our battalion, you're welcome to. Uh, we, yeah, we are the terracotta soldiers for Hillary Clinton. We will be buried with her and serve her in eternity. And we will strike the killing blow that will uh, defeat the great tyrant and allow Madame Secretary Hillary Clinton to become the president of the one world government, which will oh, then cool. lead to 2025 being enacted. So it all ties yeah. together. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, if I've said anything wrong, uh, yell at me on social media. But I tried. Yeah, I don't. We, I will, I will okay. kill you if you do. Can, can we stop talking about this boring bullshit that doesn't yes. matter at all <laughs> and start getting to the real news? Yes. M&M's. This is so essentially Megan had to bribe us into doing this episode. She's like, we're going to talk about the Ukraine. And Dean and I were like two mischievous boys in class, like sinking into yeah. our chair. And she's like, OK, if you make it through at the end, you can talk about which candy is fuckable. Did I say that? All right. Yeah. And it was like the, the scene in The Simpsons where our hats got sucked up to the ceiling. <laughs> <gasps> i never seen The Simpsons. OK, I'm sorry. Uh, well, well, if you're going to understand this show, you're going to need to trust me. Bart and Milhouse are really excited about which candy they could fuck. OK, it's the context of the scene. <laughs> OK, so, yeah, we are going to have a little bit of fun with uh, the woke M&M redesign. But it is also worth noting uh, that there's a very clear reason why these redesigns are happening. So, Dean, do you want us to do the bad part of this story first let's, or the you know, fun part of this story first let's start with the bad uh, i would say i yeah, would agree let, let's get this out of here okay the, i just have to pull child slavery aspect yeah. of this. i'm just gonna pull up an article and uh, give you guys a small bit of context for why what we're about to talk about is happening nestle corporation which you know is the uh, the group that owns m&ms the the brand property uh, they are currently being sued in U.S. courts for child slavery charges related to the manufacturing and uh, cultivation and harvesting of cocoa in the Ivory Coast. There are four main uh, defendants in the lawsuit, but they mention as many as thousands of children on cocoa farms that are suffering Christ. from illegal enslavement oh to harvest God. about yeah 45% of the world's cocoa, much of which is utilized by Nestle to make things like M&Ms and... Well, All Mars Nestle Mars makes M and M's. Yeah, uh, the Mars Wrigley Company makes M and M's, but Nestle, Hershey, yeah, and like four other chocolate companies are implicated uh, in this. What they do is it's like you know this classic <laughs> scam where it's like, oh no, no, I'm like we're not doing child slavery. It's just we're paying companies to give us cocoa, and what they do, like we don't have any control. 
Dean, can I give you a great quote? Oh, my God. Please do. Barry Calabo says, Barry, Cal- I'm assuming it's French, Barry Calbeau. I, I don't know. Calbeau. Calbeau. Anyways, Barry has said that it is committed to eradicating child labor from its supply chain by 2025. Holy <laughs> fuck. Oh, my that is a- God. Okay. What a great quote. This Just, is, you know, whenever you have time to get on that, I guess. Yeah, no rush. This is like the Canadian mining companies being like, I need you to remove these people at whatever cost from this area. And then they kill them and they go, oh, no, we didn't know they would kill them. And it's like, okay, <laughs> what the hell? You want to hear something fun? In 2001, cocoa companies promised to phase out child labor. What the fuck? How? How are they yeah, not well, more sued than they already are? This is horrible. Also, uh, boycott Nestle, everybody. Jesus those Christ. Those children are not yeah. able to make and it Mars, to place. And Mars and Hershey. Basically, like, you shouldn't be buying chocolate. Which anymore. is fair, because I, I don't. But, uh, yeah, because they can't make it to a place where they can do things like sue them or report them to authorities that aren't just owned by the people that are enslaving them. Fuck. So... Everything we're about to talk about, just bear in mind that all of this shit is happening because corporations have realized that they have the golden ticket, to borrow a candy analogy, and that if they want to avoid people actually looking into the sinister, fucking monstrous, demonic shit they can do, uh, they can just talk about... Yeah, be like, "Uh, it's okay, the orange M&M loves getting paused up and has anxiety now. And honestly, we're here for it. Yeah, so what, what exactly... So I understand... I haven't really looked into this. Okay, this the head- M&Ms are, are doing like a, a redesign. Dean, this headline will tell you everything you need to know. M&M's redesigns its characters, looks, and personalities to be, quote, more representative of today's society. Okay. So it's like, as, uh, as, as far as I've seen, like, they've just like changed their shoes. Well, okay, that's very prominently one of them, but it's their personalities as well. So, oh, okay. The most notable changes are to the brown and green M&Ms. The two female characters both have new footwear. Brown's pumps lowered to a more sensible height, and green's white-heeled go-go boots changed out for what Mars calls cool, laid-back sneakers to reflect her effortless confidence, clearly generated from being in charge of the child slavery division at Mars and Nestle. She's a girl boss. She's the one who is actively standing in the cocoa fields with an M16. Uh, with their new accessories come tweaked personalities. M&M's giving them an updated tone of voice that is more inclusive, welcoming, and unifying, while remain, remaining rooted in our signature jester, and this is their word, signature jester wit and humor. Their voices are more unified? Well, yeah, welcoming, unifying, while remaining rooted in our signature gesture, wit, and humor. The M&M's voices are are unifying. They're really uniting yeah. the left and the uh, right in America. This is <laughs> that's dope. right. Let me let me explain further. Brown and Green, who had seen at odds, who had been seen at odds with each other in previous advertising. <laughs> so, I hate it when hot ladies fight. Like a Betty and Veronica a more, situation. Yeah, a more friendly relationship. The duo <sighs> together throwing shine and not shade. Christ. Oh my. That honestly seems like offensive to the gay community. Yeah, that is really upsetting. Uh, Orange, (laughs) traditionally shown as anxious, will embrace his true self, worries and all. And Dean, red, often the bully of the bunch, will be kinder moving forward. That's such horseshit. All of the characters will also have prefixes removed from their names in order to focus on their personalities rather than their gender. Okay. I, w- so, I will say the, the green... Prefixes removed from their name? What does that mean? That they mean pronouns, be... but they don't want to say pronouns. Yeah. Her, you know how you're always Do saying... Do they mean like Mr. Red and Miss Green? Well, like what? Yeah. You know how you're always saying her, the brown M&M, as if we don't already know that the brown M&M is female and is a fucking 10 on a bad day. 
The the yeah. brown M and M shoes, the block heel is more fashionable than the stiletto heel. Sort of. Maybe I'm a little behind. Maybe the stiletto heel is coming back in this year, but I feel like she is going oh with the trend. God. So you, like you can't you can't like you're a resident like fashion expert, and you if you're just like you know throwing out any credibility you have, then what credibility is this fucking? Sorry, show have? you have me on here for like tokenism. So yeah. sometimes they get it wrong. Okay, Dean. Broskies, the the brown M&M just dropped a week's worth of fat material. Name a name. She's the baddest baddie in the game. And if not her, name someone who is who is better. And that's the simple fact. Does anyone have the Tucker Carlson quote about the M&Ms? Yes, it's it's that we deserve like miserable, genderless candy. Wait, I want to read it. Yes. As Megan pulls up the Tucker quote, Dean, let's you and I talk about let's play a little game. Okay. Mary, fuck, in. kill the the M M&M and M cast. You can use either previous or the updated version. So just okay. for edification, that is the orange M M&M and M with anxiety, the red uh, bully M M&M, and M, the yellow simpleton M M&M, and M, the green yeah. hot M M&M, and M, the blue lives matter M M&M, and M, and then the brown kind of business lady M M&M, and M. Okay, uh, this is an easy, easy one. Mary is obviously yellow M M&M. and M. Um, yeah. Okay. Pe- peanut center. Uh, that's important uh, to me. You know, I, I need that stability. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, again, like simpleton, easy to trick, uh, easy to manipulate, which is really important in a relationship. In a partner. Especially, yeah. That's yeah. True. Especially for someone like me, I need that. You know, uh, you know I'm what? Gonna I'm going to say you can't say the green or the brown M and M's for fuck. Just All to right. make things yeah, challenging. That, you know that 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 is sexist. It's too. To it's say. too easy. Yeah. 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 Um. I guess I'm going to go red. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's you know, a, the, so the yeah, the aggression, the bullying. He's going to choke that, you? Yeah, that that doesn't not do anything for him. Dean's going to have a toe curling orgasm with both of Red's hands around his neck. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, like melt in your mouth, not in that, your hand. That's, that's how Keith Carradine like. died. <laughs> uh, and then kill uh orange uh specifically uh, because of this Ukraine stuff. Well, he would welcome the death. That's right. Yeah, exactly. I, I just, I don't have any tolerance for weakness. He sparked the orange revolution. That's yeah. why they call it. Because everyone is anxious and trying to embrace their true selves. Yeah. Okay. So just, I'm going to turn this on you, but I'm going to ask instead, uh, let's, let's move beyond the scope of M&Ms. Okay. Uh, a lot of people, you know, like get sort of get stuck on the anthropomorphic mm. uh, when they're deciding, you know, their own sexual proclivities. So I'm going to ask instead. Uh, just any uh, candy, fuck Mary Kill, uh, of all of the candy fans. Now I, I have a I have a quick semantic question. Uh, if, yeah. So if you got, would you consider raisins as candy? Ew. No, what's that's wrong not candy. with What the you? fuck is wrong with you? Well, just because the California raisins are preeminently fuckable, and I wanted to see if I could have them on the list. No, no that's not a candy. Okay, that's but you can so. get it on Halloween from the dentist. <laughs> so <laughs> that's true. Yeah. By that logic, apples and toothbrushes are also, I can fuck a toothbrush. <laughs> Hurry this up. Uh, okay. I have my quote. Okay. Uh, Megan, why don't you read your quote? Give me a second While to think, think about non-M&M candies. Okay. I have two funny things. So I got this quote just from a Forbes article. And I do want to say that it's one of those articles where they like quote tweet random people and like put them in the article. And whoever wrote the article does not understand that one of them is making fun of Glenn Greenwald, which I thought is very funny. Um, That's awesome. It says, hi, it's just like some guy tweeting, hi, I'm Tucker Carlson. I'm here to discuss the liberal woke agenda. And with me is Glenn, 
Glenn Green Eminem. <laughs> LOL. Pretty good. They just uh. they didn't realize. But anyway, okay. Uh, Tucker Carlson's quote on this issue is M&Ms will not be satisfied until every last cartoon character is deeply unappealing and totally androgynous until the moment you wouldn't want to have a drink with any one of them. That's the goal. (laughs) So before this rebrand, he did want to have sex with the M&Ms and he's upset Mm. that he didn't. So that is cool. Like, it is funny that he's talking about this on his new show, specifically because he doesn't want to talk about anything actually meaningful and just get people riled up about, like, gender, I guess. But I can't fault the guy for, you know, thinking about it, because who hasn't thought about it? Okay, Dean, a you, couple of questions. You thought about which of the M&Ms you'd like to take on a date and have sex with before yeah. this? Yeah, everyone, like, I literally just discussed this for two minutes. Right now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Dean, do you, is, do you... The, the the mascot for Warheads Candy, do we think he's legal? No. I'll allow No, it. I don't think okay, so. Okay, never mind. You don't think I, he's I legal? I was just thinking, like, the actual candies themselves. Like, for example, Snickers oh. has, like, a dick vein. That might be appealing. Yeah, but I, I'd rather fuck uh, the mascot. I, I, I do want okay. some human tendencies. Like, that's just, that's my personal preference. Right. I get what you're Snickers saying about the dick, the dick vein Snickers, though, and I respect that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, gonna... I I just got a text from Rudy Giuliani, and he told he just said, "I guess he's listening." He said, "Sour Patch Kids over and over." <laughs> and over again. Alan Dershowitz got a uh, massage from all the Sour Patch Kids at once. That's why his skin is so puckered. <laughs> uh, okay. You know what? I'm I'm just I literally typed in candy mascot, and I, I like this one. I'm gonna say I'm gonna marry the Jelly Belly mascot, which is a jelly bean and a chef's hat. Because they've got a career, yeah. and that's, yeah. you know, we love You know, everyone loves someone who, yeah, who can home cook. And he's yeah. dancing, so he yeah. looks fun. He's, like, right? shaking Megan, his little you. bum. Yeah, he's shaking his little his little bee thang. He's, he's getting his bee hole all shook up. Uh, since we've outlawed the Warheads kid, which I can respect, you know, that's, we're just doing our yeah. due diligence there. That's that's better safe than sorry. Damn, but M&M's really did corner the market on mascots for kids. I was going to say, like, oh. a lot of them... The uh, Harry Bow Gold Bear. I'd fuck him. He's cool. All right. Respect. And they're, they're pretty good. Like, gummy bears, I think, are a slept-on candy. I like them quite a bit. Yeah. Oh. Give you that I'm gonna Haribo guy. Yeah. Like, it's tough, but I guess I'll have to kill the nerds from nerds because I have an anti-nerd sentiment. Mm. So yeah. I, I need to keep some kind of internal consistency there. Megan, do you have any candy you would like to have sex with? Uh, no, and I think <laughs> also that's probably enough for us <laughs> this week. What? Yeah. So, anyone have anything else to add? Uh, if listeners at home have strong opinions on candy they'd like to have sex with or the Ukraine, send me the first one and send Chance the second. Yeah, he'd yeah. love to learn about the Ukraine. Okay. For yeah. sure. That sounds good. All right. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.